Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. This podcast does contain occasional strong language and adult themes. If you are averse to spoilers for the film that is listed in the title, please tune out now, go watch the movie, or, like us, stop at the intermission, watch the movie, and resume the podcast after. This episode also contains spoilers for The Babysitter, Terminator, Nanny McPhee, Hook, Jumanji, and Cats vs. Dogs. Thanks for coming along on this ride with us. Please enjoy. You once said that uh, you like to make an audience scream through technical means. What is it about an audience screaming that you like? Now, those are the kind of questions uh, that the film buffs like to ask. They expect an awful lot of the sort of material that I don't tell anybody. And it was a nightmare. It was an eye-opener. Ignorance, sheer ignorance. You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I don't have any problem with enjoying a big blockbuster. I'm not a fascist of those boring art movies which, when they are over, you are glad that they are over and then you celebrate it just as a kind of a superstitious measure. I will talk about it so that I don't have to see it again or whatever. So in a way, our, our broadcast was an assault on the uh, credibility of that machine. We wanted people to understand that they shouldn't take any opinion predigested and they shouldn't swallow everything that came through the tap. We had uh, Orson Welles, Albert Hitchcock, John Ford, Howard Hawks, Roman Polanski. We had uh, Antonioni. We did, it was unbelievable time to listen to these guys talk. Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am joined today by Michael. Hello, Mike. Hi. Well, I guess today we're going to talk about some movies, since that is the the name of the podcast, I guess. Yes. And it's one that neither of us have seen. But before we get there, I want to ask you a question, just a general movie question, just to mm-hmm. just to fill dead air. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. like the in, like my insides. <laughs> so, what is your favorite live action animal led film? My oh gosh. Um... The only thing I didn't prepare for today is that question. I'm like, I've got my favorite thriller lined up. I've got my favorite this, that, and the other. Now I got to think. A live action animal. I'm not really a fan of Airbud. I don't. I don't think that was a very good series. Or all of those like classic animal movie sports themes. Spoilers. I didn't like Airbud either. Okay. Uh, I know oh, a lot of goodness. people will probably not agree with me as. I believe the demographic of this podcast is pretty much around our age. Yeah, and hopefully that's. <laughs> I, I know it is, or at least that's what that's what Anchor tells me, <laughs> and <laughs> Spotify. You, but that sort of our age is like the Airbud generation. Yeah. But I never. Yeah, it's always too schlocky for me. <laughs> it's too goofy and like, I don't know, just kind of hijinky almost. I don't know. It's what it feels like to me. It's that way. It's like that in a bad way. Yeah. Am I allowed to say, like, Hidalgo? Because that movie is dope. I love that uh, movie. That's actually a really good answer. Yeah. And I didn't consider that. Man, I might need mm. to change my answer. But no, Hidalgo is actually great. Yeah. I love that movie. And it. so when we first tried to watch that movie, we had a library copy. 
that did not go through the testing of make sure this movie still works before you put it back out into circulation. So we had to rent it again from a different library so it didn't stop skipping and just turning the movie off every like five minutes, which was oh, nice. really irritating. I'm pretty... So it was worth going through the effort of getting it a second time. You know what? I think we got that same movie because really? I remember that happening with our copy of Hidalgo I... too because it was a library copy oh as well. Oh my gosh. I think it was, I don't know if we got it first before you or if we got it after, but we definitely got the same copy from the same library. That's kind of sad. Or maybe they just had a really bad run of printing that movie. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't, I I can't imagine why. It was honestly a really good movie. Yeah, it was. I wish I'd seen it in theaters, honestly. Having watched it on just the DVD, I wish I had seen that in theaters. It was really good. No, that would have been a very good theater movie. It's a very Mm -hmm. epic action adventure movie, too. Yeah, it really is. It's like, it doesn't feel like a horse movie. No, it, it feels like um, almost a sports movie, but good. <laughs> yeah, it does. Although I would contend race movies, maybe not, maybe aren't sports, sports movies. That's fair. They do fall into their own kind of genre. Like there's no courtroom drama in there or anything of that sort. So No, I mean, it's not really like an underdog. I mean, you are clearly rooting for someone, at, you know, all the mm-hmm. time, but they don't always win, right? The sports, yeah. the racing movie is not the same as a sports movie or I guess sports is subgenre courtroom <laughs> dramas. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. My, my answer to this question, I, I thought about this for, for a while. I, this, these are two answers. I have three mm-hmm. answers. So two will mm-hmm. definitely make up for the, and I couldn't <laughs> choose between these two because yeah. they are part of a fundamental part of my childhood, but uh, they'll make up for me not liking Airbud. but one is Babe. Okay. Okay. Directed by george miller <laughs> i've never actually seen babe is that the one with the pig yeah it's the one okay, with the pig yeah where he's he pretends to be the sheepdog <laughs> oh yeah yeah i've never seen it but i probably should at it's some point. it's honestly yeah. really charming and good like it's it's a it's a good movie mm-hmm. uh and then the other one is probably homeward bound oh yeah with, with all the dogs one. and the yeah. cat and they yeah. have to find their way back yeah that's like like i watched that probably at least like 30 times when i was a kid so <laughs> Yeah. I couldn't not mention those. However, I'm going to flip it a little bit. My my favorite, I guess, more recent animal, and I wouldn't necessarily, this is not a protagonist, and it's not necessarily animal-led, mm-hmm. but I would, I would say that it's arguably at least an animal in a leading or supporting role, but the Vavitch. <laughs> the witch. Black Peter, and, you bastard. Yeah, Black Peter. Yeah. Uh, because, man, that goat was creepy. Yes. I, you know, I accept that. That's a great answer. Yeah, so a very, very wide range of things. Like, oh yeah, you've got Babe and the Witch. <laughs> I, you know, I haven't seen the live action Charlotte's Web, but I imagine if I had, it would probably be up there on the list, even though it can't be as good as the original animated one. Um, but I, I do have a small penchant for uh wilbur in my heart it was wilbur right yeah it was wilbur you're right oh gosh i I imagine that a live action version of that as long as they didn't get too crazy with things would probably be you know at least halfway decent yeah i haven't seen any of the live action disney remakes because one i really don't care and two i also really really don't care (laughs) so yeah whatever Mm -hmm. anyway we're not here to talk about you know nostalgia from our childhood i guess we kind of are in a way but yeah. we're talking about the nostalgia we missed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our childhood because this is the movies we've never seen podcast and this movie i believe is one that we've both never seen so let me read you the synopsis 
A family reunion turns sour when a teenage girl's estranged uncle shows up in his pussy wagon. She soon learns the hard way that his name is Buck, and he is here to party. <laughs> it's Uncle Buck. <laughs> I couldn't do that without laughing a little bit. I wrote that this morning, and I'm like, that's kind of not great, but you know what? I'm leaving it. Oh my gosh, shout out to Feet Everywhere and Foot Fetishes. Actually, not shout out to them, but, you know, I guess... Shout out to at least one in particular, I guess. <laughs> shout out also, I guess, I want to just throw it out that it's this is a deep cut because it is, it is, it is a reference to the uh, TV edited version. I think you actually broke me right at the beginning of the episode. Um, <laughs> this is perfect. This is exactly what I wanted to do with this. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that's the movie I want to watch now. It's, it's just, my name is Uncle Buck and I am here to party. Yeah. It's, it's man, I, I'm also reading back this. So I'm going to read this again without like kind okay. of like laughing okay. a bit. But it's yeah. a family reunion turns sour when a teenage girl's estranged uncle shows up in his pussy wagon. She soon learns the hard way. That his name is Buck, and he is here to party. It's Uncle Buck. Oh my gosh! From 1989, directed by John Hughes. <laughs> it's 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 honestly, it's kind of a pretty rapey synopsis, really. <laughs> Which I guess when you think about some John Hughes movies, some John mm-hmm. Hughes movies are arguably fairly rapey. Yeah, I buy that. I buy that. If I remember um, right, wasn't Sixteen Candles pretty rapey? Having not seen that movie and endeavoring never to see it, I don't know. I didn't like that one. And I realized, I thought I hated John Hughes, just as kind of, I guess, Mm -hmm. not really a sidebar, but diving right into it. I always thought I'd hated John Hughes because I didn't like 16 Candles a lot. Mm -hmm. But he also did Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is okay. Mm -hmm. Um, He did The Breakfast Club, which I haven't seen. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know about that. Um, and he did Uncle Buck, and he did a few other things. He, he mostly was actually a writer. Mm-hmm. And he wrote a lot of stuff like uh, Home Alone. So I, I like him, I think, a lot more as a writer. But I don't know how his visual style is going to be, because I, I honestly just... Like, I th- I just hated Sixteen Candles, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely despise that movie. <laughs> and 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 I hate that my that my... You know, one of my college girlfriends made me watch it multiple times because that that is one thing I will never forgive her for. So I, I think in the spirit of not judging Lethal Weapon 3 by Danny Glover, you can't hate John Hughes just because of her. It's it's you just don't like that movie because of her. No, no, Hughes actually, I hate that movie because it's bad. But okay, also, also, I had to watch it too many times. Okay. okay. That, that that was part of it was like oh i think that's why we broke up is because i just had to watch 16 candles too many times <laughs> one is too many times yes. okay that's that is the correct answer Again, having not seen it i i can't put an opinion i out honestly there don't remember a lot about it because i blocked most of it out frankly it's just like that was just a weird phase 16 candles more like 16 years of my life erased from memory yep pretty much okay. uh anyway so what what do you know about uncle buck um, I think I have seen one still frame of John Candy in this movie. It's John Candy, right? Yeah. I have seen one still frame of John Candy in this movie. Yeah. I, I'm going to, you know, have you heard the song just as a, as a aside for John Candy? Mm-hmm. Have you heard the, uh, have you seen the show China, Illinois? Yeah. Okay. 
So I don't know if you've seen like where they do like the sort of musical bits, but there's like there's like this song that they do about John Candy. Oh god! And it's just like like there's at the end of it, it's just John Candy, John Candy, <laughs> and it just just okay. gets softer and <laughs> yeah. softer, and it's great. Um, the whole point of the song is that mm-hmm. basically they're telling you to shut up because okay. they're trying to climax, and the oh. best way that they can do that is by thinking about John Candy, which really uh, harkens back to your synopsis of this apparently erotic film yes uh apparently so i guess since you don't know much and i don't know too much either other than a song from a show china illinois get your own back to school back to china illinois that's gonna be stuck in my head all day tomorrow okay you're welcome anyway so question number one Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the majority of the film was shot on sets built where was it a in a large barn on Hughes's Chicago estate. B, a local high school gymnasium in Chicago. Or C, in an abandoned warehouse off Lakeshore Drive in Chicago. All right, so I already don't like this movie because there's too much Chicago in just this trivia question. Um, does this movie take place in Chicago? Uh, I believe it actually takes place arguably in St. Louis because other bit of trivia before we answer this question okay. is that John Hughes wanted to film this in St. Louis, okay. but because I guess it takes place in winter, it was too hot, and so they actually ended up shooting it in Chicago. What? what? I Because they couldn't, obviously they couldn't control when they shot it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I follow. I follow. I I, I um, don't I don't know. But anyway, it is it is somewhere in Chicago. Um, it is one of those three places. I feel like the Lakeshore thing. That just sounds too specific. I like the idea of what is a barn. A barn um, on Hughes's. So it's a a barn on Hughes's estate, estate. A local high school gymnasium, or off of Lakeshore Drive in an abandoned warehouse. You said these were sets built in one of these locations? Yes. Okay. Um, I, you know what? I, I like the gymnasium. Let's say they built it there. There's a lot of versatility in those places, right? You're correct. Hey. It was a gymnasium. Right. They built it at a local Chicago high school. They just were like, <laughs> oh, hey, we just, we just need to do this. Because I guess it was maybe during... And I tried to find some information on why they shot it there. They. Yeah couldn't find any information as to why that i guess it was cheap because it was a public high school and so (laughs) he didn't have to pay them much for the space i was gonna say the other option is uh he wrote it off as a charitable contribution because they paid the school to use their property oh it could have been oh you know that actually might have been it yeah come to think of it john hughes might be smarter than i'm giving him credit for smarter sneakier shadier yeah one of those Mm. hmm I wonder who are smart, sneaky, and shady in Hollywood. Um, most of them. Yes, most of the community. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, it was it was a, a right. local high school. So this is uh, I wonder if we're gonna. I feel like that's very DIY because it's like yeah. it's not on a soundstage in Hollywood, which normally you'd think it would be, but yeah. it's just at a high school gymnasium. Apparently, they built like the family's entire two-story house is a set inside this wow, gym. Like, not the cool. facade, yeah. I think, but, like, the interior sets. Okay. So, like, I wonder how, like, good it's going to look, honestly. It's yeah. <laughs> like, they basically built a house inside this <laughs> gym. 
I mean, honestly, depending on how much effort they put into it, even a slash slash dab, slap dash job of building a set for a house could look pretty okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not that much different than than doing it on a soundstage because what is yeah. a soundstage other than probably just a big gymnasium, really, <laughs> or a warehouse? Like, it's yeah. not that different. It just feels different, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this isn't in Hollywood. This is sort of outside it. Anyway, yeah. I I don't know. It's we'll see how that goes, but I feel like it could be. I want, I want to know if I'll notice like ah, this is clearly gymnasium lighting. Oh, yeah. That that's my question. Is like, <laughs> what's the lighting look like? Yeah, you'll you'll look out a window one day and there's just kids playing basketball in the background. You're like, what what is going on here in this movie? <laughs> that is true. So question number two. So John Candy plays the titular role of Buck, but who was considered? before he was cast was it a danny devito b tom cruise c john goodman d michael keaton e dan Aykroyd, g robin williams or f jack nicholson or h all of the above you are either doing first of all i can't count that high that's too many options so i have to default to all of the above but the reason i'm doing that is i think you're playing mind games within mind games now to where it's not just i'm trying to confuse you by talking about things earlier in our conversations subtly to have them brought up again later um or, or if this is just a mind game of, uh, I, I played a mind game to make you think I'm playing a mind game, and it's actually all of the above. I was 100% set on John Goodman's sole final answer, but all of the others, I feel like, also could be Dan Aykroyd, uh, Danny DeVito, two Dans in, in the same answer. That's devilish. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Also, you've never given me this many choices before, so big mind games right now (laughs) when the teacher gives you this many solutions they're all correct or it's like one of those nurses tests where they're all correct but which one of them is the most correct Mm. am i which game am i playing michael (laughs) and normally when an answer like this comes up you know how many revisions did the script go through how many people did they consider for this role who turned it down we normally get into the discussion of was this like bad? Was this not going to be a good movie and all these people didn't want to do it? Or did they just have other obligations that all of the above? You are correct. Okay. It was all of the above. And in fact, I couldn't fit. I couldn't fit all of the people. What? There were more people that were actually considered, but instead they went with John Candy. Wow. uh, uh, Val Kilmer (laughs) was also one of them. Kurt Russell. I found out. I I would have per put kurt russell on this because he's you know our boy snake plissken Mm -hmm. but i didn't find out because every time i went through the trivia it's like oh here's another part of trivia this person was considered this person was considered this person literally (laughs) half of hollywood was considered the weirdest one on here honestly is tom cruise right am i am i wrong in that honestly that's what made me hesitate most is picking all of the above is no one thought tom cruise would do this right like nicholson and keaton too like <laughs> i guess yeah keaton no no i guess he does he does give off like weird uncle vibes right keaton? yeah i feel like jack nicholson too too 
like creepy uncle vibe to pick Jack Nicholson, but that might just be yeah, Jack Nicholson yeah. is is the uncle from the synopsis that I read. Yeah, he yes. is Buck and he is here to party. <laughs> he is Buck Wild. Uh, oh gosh, like do they do they contact all of these people and say, hey, we're thinking of you, or did they just like in the process of who do we want to pick to be this actor for Uncle Buck? Again, I tried to find out, but it seems like all of them were at least contacted at some point and given the script. Wow. And some of them, uh, I believe Robin Williams and, uh, let's see, John Goodman actually was the, Robin Williams and John Goodman were the two closest to getting it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Although John Goodman had some other uh, obligations that he couldn't get out of. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, he ended up, it, it's funny because actually John Goodman ended up playing uh, Fred Flintstone a few years later uh, in 1994, I believe, because John Candy died and John Candy right. was the one who oh, was supposed no. to play Fred Flintstone, <laughs> but he died. Wow. Rest in peace, John. Yeah. Candy. Not Candy. Goodman. He's yeah. Not yeah. John, John Goodman. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, that it was a, it was a lot of people, dude. I couldn't fit everyone on this whole page. Like, That's psychotic. It's just insane. Another little tidbit of trivia here, and I'm going to give this to you for mm-hmm. free because it's not a question. One other person who was considered not for the role of Uncle Buck, but mm-hmm. for the role of the dad in the film mm-hmm. was actually Rick Moranis. He was wow. the only person basically in Hollywood who was not considered for the role of Buck, but was considered <laughs> for another role, but also turned down. Oh, gosh. It's like, we want you to be the sidekick to one of these Hollywood elites that everyone knows by name, even nowadays. I mean, Rick Moranis, like, 1989, like, mm, that was kind of maybe a little bit off-peak Moranis, because mm-hmm. Moranis was like, I feel like, eh, yeah, late 80s to early to mid-90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s, I guess. I don't yeah. know. That was that was his heyday, so he wouldn't yeah. have been that crazy also speaking of speaking of you know who else is in this movie uh, macaulay culkin really uh, really yeah macaulay culkin's oh. in this film how old was he when this movie came out younger than he was when he was in home alone wow and in okay. fact this was the movie that got him the part in home alone really because john hughes wrote that too and wrote the part wow. for macaulay, macaulay culkin. culkin okay that's a fun bit of trivia. Yeah, yeah. I okay. like I said, I ran out of room, and I actually have four <laughs> questions because really that second one doesn't count. So you've got you've got two okay, more. That's fair. So you're you're technically you're technically acing this. Hey, we'll see if I can stump you with this one. You know that thing that I do where I subtly mention things beforehand. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm about to do that now. All right, all right, all right. Buck's car does have a name, but it's not called the Pussy Wagon. <laughs> what is it called? A. The Beast. B the batmobile or c the tank oh no um see i double did it i got you with the pussy wagon and the batmobile because we talked about keaton we did and i hate you and oh my gosh i Mm. Mm. uncle buck john candy the there's like no indication of why it would be named any of these things for me. Um, but because it's closest to Pussy Wagon, I have to go with the beast, even though there's no like little adjective in there like the sexy beast, the slavering beast. It's not Michael Myers. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the beast. I'm going with the beast. It's the beast. You are correct. Oh. You are you are three for three. 
It is mm. the beast. Uh, that one was just sort of a fun one that I was like, yeah. oh, I'll, I'll throw you off. Because I normally don't, whenever I make these questions, I don't intentionally play mind games. But yeah. since you've been telling me that you think I'm playing mind games, I'm starting to now. I'm just paranoid now. That's all that this podcast has done is made me even more paranoid. But just about questions, which is like... I'm Why? just making you stress about low stakes, multiple <laughs> questions. This is literally like you're, you're literally on whose line is it anyway, but you're having an anxiety attack because if you don't get it right, Drew Carey will be disappointed in you. Dude, like, so X number of episodes ago, I think I said Jane Austen wrote Jane Eyre and it has flipped me up ever since that episode because she didn't and i got it wrong and i'm pretty sure that episode's been published so it's out there in the public domain forever to my shame as a human being that i screwed that up this is the highest stakes i've ever played for i would rather have failed every class in college and flunked out than to fail these questions here because realistically they're more valuable to me that is true that is uh college education is not worth very much these days (laughs) should have been a plumber should have been a plumber. That's true. All right. Let's see if you can get the rare perfect score on this trivia. So number four. This was one of the first films to do what when it comes to teenager stereotypes? Is it A, obsession with pop culture? B, a shift from the dumb teenager trope to the rebellious teenager trope? Or C, a shift from a taste in rock music to rap music. I hate you so much. There's no perfect score here today, guys. I'm sorry. My knowledge of teenagers in movies is sadly lacking. Actually, maybe that's not sad at all. Maybe that's a maybe that's a good thing. Most of it boils down to you meddling kids. They didn't have a whole lot of tropes other than they were meddling and kids. I think the Scooby and the gang was teenagers, right? They were driving. They had to be teenagers. Yeah, they were teenagers. Um, so, yeah. Uh, when did rap music become popular enough that Hollywood noticed it? I, so 90s? this was 1989 was 1989. when the movie came out. Oh, gosh. Okay. And then rebellious teens. I... I, mm, there's, this is just such a straight up random guess and it's going to hurt my perfect score. So, um, I'm just, my options are don't answer and fail the test or answer, get it wrong and still fail the test. Mm -hmm. But if I answer, I have a one in three chance of getting it right. So I will, hmm. And then just to like judge on the vibes that not knowing anything about this movie gives me, is John Candy funny when he tries to to connect with a child listening to rap music, or is John Candy funny with changing into rebellious teenagers from dumb teenagers? That sounds like the John Candy I know, which I don't know very well. I'll go with I'll go with that one. Changing from dumb teenagers to rebellious teenagers. Gosh, I've never been so nervous in my life. <laughs> Perfect score ruined. Oh, I hate you. It was the shift in the taste from rock to rap. Really? Yeah. There is uh, apparently oh, the teenage girl in this movie is, I believe, listening to Run DMC. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't listen to Run DMC. I don't know when they're popular. 
Well, I mean, they did a song that with Aerosmith that was popular, and that was, I believe, like early '90s. So they at least had to be popular enough to cross over go. with Aerosmith at some point. Wow. Uh, and realistically, most most hip hop was sort of coming up, or you know, early early '80s, really. Mm. It wasn't really mainstream until like mid '80s, and then you started getting bigger groups like you know, I mean, like really, it wasn't like big big i mean like the nwas of the world i yeah. believe that was like early 90s might have been even 90 so nwa was probably putting out mixtapes at this time <laughs> dang well i should just kill myself well you know what you you did you know what you got <laughs> a, a more questions right than you normally do yeah, normally on a normal like episode three or yeah zero. yeah normally uh, i have three questions you got yeah. you got two you got three of four right. Just deliberated too long on that, and I uh, should have gone with my gut, which was don't answer the question. That you should have. <laughs> uh, we would have just filled this the rest of the episode <laughs> with awkward silence. Yeah, so that's really, right. that's it. So we, we've got this weird convergence, right, of this mm-hmm. Chicago-y sort of <laughs> Chicago-y movie. chicago St. Louis. chicago St. Louis vibe. John Candy, rap music. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, like, how weird he's going to be about it. Is he going to be like Cosby, where it's like, oh, the kids with the raps and the bips and the bops? Or is it going to be like, is he going to be down with it? I I, I can see John Candy, since he's Uncle Buck. I feel like the dad character is the one who doesn't connect with the daughter. And John Candy, as the zany uncle, or just John Candy, comes in and goes, I'm trying to connect with the youths of the day. Um, I'm, I, I don't know. John Candy will be down with the raps. He'll be down with the raps. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he's going to be a square about it. <laughs> I, I get this, I get this feeling that like, he's going to be, and, and I didn't get any sense of any of this. Yeah. I, the only thing I know is that there is some like clashing with him and the teenage girl, but oh, it's not okay. necessarily, that's all I know. I don't know what it's mm-hmm. about. I don't know if it's over music. I think it might just be because of that rebellious teenage trope. Okay. okay. Uh, because I think the whole, the actual premise is not that he's a rapist, is that (laughs) I believe he is the black sheep of the family who then comes to town and like babysits in like an emergency. And like, it's the hijinks of somewhere between like, he has to basically figure out how to take care of these, like, like, I guess a, a teenager, a like 10-ish year old and then like a young five-year-old or something like that. And he has to <laughs> okay, figure out yeah. how to do it. And it's it's that's the comedy, right? Okay, yeah. Where he's he's a bachelor, he's mm-hmm. gross, he doesn't know like <laughs> he's crude, he doesn't yeah. know how to do it. I get the feeling that this movie is going to do he's I don't think he's gonna be down with the rap mm-hmm. because I think I think it's gonna be just one of those things where he just doesn't get it. And I think he's probably gonna be presented as kind of a boomer right about <laughs> yeah, it yeah but i think that's but he's gonna be sort of like a weird like not straight laced boomer about it it's gonna be like weird alternative boomer yeah i follow so this is a babysitting movie i think which is babysitting movie its own genre because i i feel there's enough of them to warrant it being at least its own sub genre well i mean you have like what kindergarten cop yeah, uh daddy daycare the pacifier the pacifier um, yeah one with jackie chan that came out i think around the time of the pacifier which is the same thing oh yeah yeah. Spy um, next door i want to say yeah that sounds called. right uh there's also i guess technically hard-boiled he babysits a kid at the end Monsters inc oh yeah also. 
Yeah, um, it is. That one that's really Adventures in Babysitting. Yeah. Oh, I, I guess technically, movie. I mean, technically, really, yours, mine, and ours, even. Yeah. Halloween, also <laughs> a babysitting movie. I think you might be onto something here. <laughs> or maybe it's just a trope in movies that there are babysitters in babysitting. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Is there are there babysitters in Scream? I can't remember now. It's been so know. long since I've like seen Scream with your movie. Do you? What's what's your favorite scary movie, Sydney? Uh, I yeah, I think that yeah, babysitting might just be like that might be its own genre. I'll have to investigate yeah. this further. I I don't know because yeah, we we were just able to rattle off yeah. at least at least what ten movies yeah. that were at least credibly potentially within the genre. Yes. Also, the very. Uh, I think like two, maybe three years ago, The Babysitter, which I think was a Netflix, one of those Netflix originals. I haven't seen it, but that was like yeah. a, it was like a horror film, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was like hyper gory, uh, babysitter is actually a cultist, um, sacrificing people while babysitting type film. Nice. Like, ah, it's, it's funny because she's a hot babysitter and also killing people. Yeah yeah i guess is its own genre yeah i think so i think you're right i guess as that's as that is the case mm-hmm. he, here's my question to you okay would you leave your children mm-hmm. with john candy uh just like the person whatever you think the character of uncle buck okay. is going to be in this movie um would you leave oh god <laughs> if you had kids would you leave them with uncle buck as played by John Candy. And here's the alternate question, which we can, I guess, revisit in the second half if I even remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what actor would you prefer in the role of Uncle Buck, <laughs> if not John Candy, to babysit your children? Oh, does it have to be from the list of actors considered for this role? Oh, I think it should. In general? Okay, yeah. I think it should. I okay, think we should yeah. pick one. We should pick one from the list of actors. Oh, John Travolta was another one oh, that gosh. was considered, by the way. He's not going no. to babysit my John Travolta is not because he'll shoot them in the face <laughs> Just to bring Martin it back around. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, no, no. Let's okay. let's 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 do that. So so, what do you think oh. on a scale of on a let's rate before we rate the movie? Let's rate Uncle Bucks as played by John Candy, <laughs> his babysitting ability, and whether we would want him to babysit our children. Um. Uh, ooh, see, there's a lot that goes into, <laughs> do I trust so-and-so to babysit my children? Not having children myself, it's a little bit harder for me to answer this because I don't have that maternal or paternal, I'm protective of my children or, you know, covetous or whatever you want to say. Um, like, am I going to be gone for a few hours? It sounds like for this movie, it's going to be a number of days. It's at least a weekend. It's a long at weekend. Least a weekend at Bernie's? Um, mm-hmm. I... You are gone for a weekend at Bernie's, and and Uncle Book has to watch your children. Oh, gosh. Um, and we're rating this, like, on a scale of zero to five, maybe Snake Pliskins? Yes. Okay. Okay. We're rating his babysitting ability, not the movie. That I'm going to make that very clear right now. Okay. Uh, John Candy. I always imagine he's kind of not incompetent, if a little bungly. I could. I. I would give him a solid three point five. It's just a weekend. Sure, something's going to go wrong. My favorite vase will be broken when I come back. But in reality, it's just a vase. The kids will be fine. I'd give him a 3.5. If I had other options, I would go to them first. 
Okay. I I think, now this is maybe a little unfair, mm-hmm. but not having seen the movie, but I have seen other John Candy movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going to cite one in particular, and I'm going to give him a 4.5. Okay. Uh, a 4. I'm going to back it down okay. a little bit. A 4, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen Cool Runnings. And I know that John Candy can take a bunch of dysfunctional Jamaicans and turn them into a world championship bobsled team. And not only that, but that one guy didn't break his egg. That's... And so at least an egg doesn't get broken. So I think that John Candy, while some other things might Mm -hmm. be, you know, he might feed them too much sugar. They might get a little too hyper. They Mm -hmm. might draw on the walls. Yeah. You know, that can be cleaned up. They're not he's not going to break the children. And when I come back, I might have an Olympic quality bobsled team. So four <laughs> snake pliskins on John Candy as Uncle Buck as a babysitter. All right. I, I appreciate that answer. Um I don't understand the context of the egg. I assume something. It's about his lucky sports. egg. It's his he lucky keeps egg. it in inside his leotard somewhere. I'll let <laughs> somewhere. you somewhere. Okay. And he takes it out and he kisses it and makes everyone else kiss his lucky egg and then he puts it back. <laughs> Because it's his lucky right. egg. Inside of his leotard. All right. Somewhere. Uh, fun, completely random off-the-wall fact. Leotards are actually named after the guy who made them. Some French guy named Leotard. Wow. So, yeah, there you I go. had no clue. Yeah. I was wondering why it sounded so dumb, but it's French, huh? <laughs> yes. Uh, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. So if you had to pick another actor without having seen this, off that list of people that I have named... To be Uncle Buck to watch your children, who would it be, and who would be the least likely on oh, that list? Least likely, I feel like that one's too obvious. It's um, you know, the short guy who's the Devito. Thank no, the other short guy, the slightly oh less Tom short Cruise. Guy. Thank you, Tom Cruise. Um, obviously, Tom Cruise is not getting anywhere near them. Uh, I don't want their souls stolen or to be sold into child sex slavery or any of those other fun things that they do on boats. Um, Ooh, other, not Danny DeVito, not, probably not Keaton, John Goodman? He was the dad on Roseanne for a number of years. He was. He was also in another babysitting movie where he successfully got a child back into the non-monster world. I would say John, although he was in Cloverfield Lane, um, where he has But he took really good care of that. He did. I, John Goodman. John, John Goodman. Goodman pretending um in my heart of i'd give john goodman like a 4.8 assuming it's not like a scarred veteran john goodman who brings a gun to a bowling alley uh we'll give him that i still think at that point like he's care he's packing heat he's obviously not he's not a pederast he's not going like not 12 year olds 12 year olds dude dude. he's he's going to defend your kids from pedophiles he's he's carrying heat He's he has a very paternal instinct. He was sully. Yeah, John yeah. Goodman. I think John Goodman. Yeah, I'm, yeah. In, in in with risk of doubling down mm-hmm. on you. Yeah, I, I would definitely yeah. say if I, if John Goodman's off the table, um, damn, I don't know. <laughs> also, at that very point well on the list wasn't Dan Aykroyd and um, Honey We Shrunk the Kids or something. Uh, that no, that was, was Rick that Moranis. Moranis. Rick Moranis. Although Aykroyd might have had a bit role in that, I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I confuse both of those guys clearly. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, you know what, I would say probably Danny DeVito, just simply because he always has an egg on him in a trying time so the kids won't starve. Yeah. And also, if they're young enough, he will be out whoring, and probably, presumably, one of those whores would have Big Mommy Milkies, and so hey. they'd be able to feed my infant. 
<laughs> the reasoning behind that is questionable. Uh, but yeah, I would say definitely on the bottom <laughs> of my list, though. Yeah, Tom Cruise, one hundred percent, way yeah. on the bottom. Uh, Robin Williams, no, because he's dead. He killed himself. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he would kill himself, and then the babies would starve. So that's that's mm-hmm. it. Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson, uh, he, he would be above a lot of other people. He would be. Not all of them, though. No, no. I'm trying to think of roles for Jack Nicholson where he was tame, not insane, and a good father figure, and none of them. No, happen. none of them. None of them happen. I, I would say, um, yeah, Ackroyd probably. Mm-hmm is okay he's relatively milk toast he's he's like the middle of the line babysitter (laughs) right yeah i I would say um but yeah um i i think i think yeah 100 like john goodman i think the tier list really is john goodman (laughs) probably john candy and then after that you kind of you can kind of go down the list a bit but wouldn't be too bad keaton would be on the low end of mid i think Mm -hmm. i just i just don't i don't see him he's i mean he's batman i guess yeah and he's in other things like, but he 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 seems psychotic. He seems like he has mental mm-hmm. problems, right? Yeah, especially in not to say more recent years, like he's getting more psychopathic, but just more recent movies that he's been in. He's he's been an evil vulture. He's been a bird man who's also kind of crazy. Oh, oh, you know what? Together. He has a he has a tendency to play bird men, and as we know, birds are not real. <laughs> They're not. They He's a government really drone, so if you don't... Actually, no, I changed my mind. Keaton is on the very bottom of the list underneath <laughs> Tom Cruise because Keaton is half drone. Oh. He's half government drone. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And I don't want I don't want the NSA spying on my kids <laughs> more than they already are. <laughs> yes. Amen. Cool. So, I, I guess, do we have anything else about Uncle Buck or um, <laughs> before we move on? Like, I don't know. The whole thing has thrown me off. You started to ask the question at the beginning about live-action animal movies, and I went, oh, we're talking about Uncle Buck. That's right. I, I get the connection here this time because Buck, he's a horny male. I don't want Uncle Buck watching my children now, come to think of it. Um, no, I really don't have anything else on this movie. I assume it's going to be at least okay. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm gonna have to re I'm gonna have to revisit sort of my mm-hmm. thought on while we're watching this. I'm gonna have to digest the idea of babysitter movies as a genre. Mm-hmm. I want to revisit that at some point. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find some that I haven't seen or at least haven't seen in a while, mm-hmm. because I want to watch more now to see if they have distinctive characteristics. I think that's the thing to watch for here yeah. is what makes a babysitting movie a babysitting movie, and does like, I guess, does like uh. I, you know, I, I feel like maybe, and this is, this is, this is a theory, mm-hmm. but are babysitting movies just kid-friendly buddy cop films? Ooh, de- mm, depends on the babysitting movie. If we're talking like Uncle Buck, uh, Home, Home Alone's not a babysitting movie. That's I like get, the opposite. Uh, <laughs> I get, he's babysitting himself. I could make a case. <laughs> You could make a case, and... I'd probably be wrong. Donald uh, Trump was the one who was babysitting him, clearly. <laughs> from that yes. one cameo oh, he yes. was in. From that one cameo that he was in. Ooh, that's rough. So, I, I would only say no because there are some... Well, I guess if it is, then Halloween is out on the buddy cop movie because the kids aren't the focus. So, I, I feel like if the... If part of being a babysitting movie is it has to be more focused on the kids being sat than the babysitter, or at least the interactions between those two. I think if it's in the foreground versus mm-hmm. a sort of background that you are having the movie backdrop mm-hmm. against. 
right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think if, if, if protecting the kids and sitting on them, <laughs> as you do when you babysit, yes. as it is in the name, <laughs> when you sit on the children and that is the focus of the movie yes. and the hijinks around that, I think then it's a babysitting movie. So okay. you're probably right. Mm-hmm. Halloween's probably out. But I, yeah, I, hmm. That's interesting. I we'll have to revisit that in the second half because I'm yes. very interested to see where that goes. Yes. Anyway, with that said, do mm-hmm. you want to rate what you actually think Uncle Buck will be as on a scale of zero to five Snake Pliskins? Yes, I. I don't think this is going to be for me a laugh out loud comedy. It might have some heartwarming moments as babysitting movies are wont to do. I have liked babysitting movies in the past. Um, the Pathfire is a pretty good one. I watched that a couple of times. Isn't that the Dwayne the Rockhard Johnson yes, in that? Yes, and man, did he turn. Uh, the mom from Gilmore Girls is also in that. As... Mr. Gilmore? Is that you? No. Wait. <laughs> no. Uh, Miss... She's not Mrs. because she's divorced in the Gilmore Girls? The mom from Gilmore mom Girls? From yeah, Gilmore she's, Girls? she's yeah. divorced. Yeah. Not not Mrs. Gilmore, like the old posh lady with all the money, but like the, the young one, the young one, the young fun one that the mo- that the show's about. Yes, and not the younger one who's still in school, where they're like they're like five years apart or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yes, uh, not the one who was in Sin City, but the one who was in The Pacifier. She's in that movie. Okay, it's pretty much a cameo. Anyway, I, why do we talk? Um, I think it's going to be have heartwarming moments it's gonna be okay it's not gonna be great it's uh, generic comedy probably it's not gonna do anything outstandingly funny or pushing any envelopes kind of stuff it's, it's just gonna be okay i will give it three snake bliskins all right i my track record with comedy is not great especially of the era we're talking about mm-hmm. it, and they can be really hit or miss for me of this era I, I feel like I'm going to love or hate it, generally speaking. However, this one I can see being mid for me, just simply because I like John Candy. Yeah. I, I like Cool Runnings, one of my favorite um, courtroom dramas of all time. Amazing. It, great courtroom drama. He did not let the guy break the egg. The Olympics were great, yada, yada, yada. But I like him generally, mm-hmm. and John Hughes can be hit or miss. I think I like him better when I, I don't know he's involved and he's writing. Mm-hmm. I don't like 16... If it feels more like 16 Candles, then I'm going to hate it. <laughs> yeah. If it feels more like more like Home Alone, then I'm probably going to end up liking it more. Yeah. And I think John Candy is going to help that along. I don't think I'm going to hate this movie. And I'm going to be generous, I think. I think I'm going to be a little surprised, especially since I know that Run DMC is in the soundtrack. <laughs> I'm going to at least like some of the soundtrack... So I think I'm going to be surprised. I'm going to be giving this a tenuous, tentative 3.5 out of 5 Snake Pliskins. I'm I'm optimistic about this Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, Macaulay Culkin, like him, love him or hate Mm -hmm. him, or like him, I guess. I don't know that anyone that does just like him, I think you have Mm -hmm. to like or hate him. Or love or hate him, I mean. I don't know. Are you ambivalent on the the Macaulkin? I kind of am. Um, I'm, I'm neither a lover nor a hater. I've not seen, to be fair, any of the Home Alone movies all the way through. I've only seen parts of them, and I've never seen him in anything else. Uh, was he in The Page Master? Was that him? 
I don't know. I haven't seen the paid faster. Ooh, that's um, a great movie. I, I've, I've seen both home alones pretty much all the way through. I'm, I'm fairly certain it's been, like I said, it's been mm-hmm. a while since I've seen it. It was yeah. probably, we're probably on TV and I watched yeah, them. Yeah. And, but I remember liking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked them a lot. And I think, but I think Macaulay Culkin in those roles was, I loved him in that role mm-hmm. because I think it was perfect for him. Okay. Yeah. Now, I love Macaulay Culkin as sort of the chaos being that he is. I think that Macaulay Culkin, when Gary Busey dies, he will he will inherit yes. the mantle of crazy power oh that gosh. Gary Busey has. The day Gary Busey dies, Macaulay Culkin's going to get into a motorcycle accident. Yeah, he becomes the new Busey. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, dude. I, that's my theory and i i'm i'm firmly behind that and like and once that happens he's yeah. gonna be they're gonna remake point break and it's gonna have macaulay culkin oh in my it. god we need a and then it's gonna be macaulay culkin there's gonna be a new lethal weapon made and it's gonna be starring <laughs> macaulay culkin as the bad guy like we're going to have a um a, 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 a <laughs> but it's only after gary Busey dies yeah. if he hasn't died already as of the date of this podcast which i don't I, know i, I think Mac- Gary Busey's less likely to die and more likely to become a missing person. He's just going to disappear. You're probably right. He's going to go like, he's going to go like, I'm going to hang out with Bigfoot. And then you just never see him again. It's like, oh, cool, Gary. That's fine. And then, oh, was he serious? Yeah. He's he's gone. He never, he never came back. Yeah. He'll, He'll come out of the woods one day a year to kidnap a virgin and track her back into the woods. Uh, Yeah. His name is Gary, and he is here to party. <laughs> yes, this this I love this fan theory for Gary Busey. And if anyone is out there writing fan fiction of Gary Busey, please stop. <laughs> please, just for the love of God, stop. You no one needs it. Took the words right out of my mouth. I was legitimately going to say, please stop. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, yeah. I guess with that said, we'll go watch Uncle Buck. If we have, yeah, sure, we'll do it. All right, cool. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side. Peace. My name is Bucks, and I'm here to. <laughs> you ever hear of a ritual killing? <laughs> you know how they're facing public like that again, and you'll be one. Are you crazy? I'm your Uncle Buck. Unfortunately. Guy's a predator and you're his prey. You're disgusting. Come on, it's a great sport that's virtually impossible to get pregnant while doing it. I don't have to take any shit from you. Try me. How'd you like to spend the next several nights wondering if you're crazy, out of work, bum uncle? We'll shave your head while you sleep. My uncle was microwaving my socks and a dog threw up on the couch for about an hour. How nice of you to notice. Of local live home entertainment. Oh my god! Blasphemer! What do you do for a living? Lots of things. And I'm coming looking for you. Just relax. I'll get him back. Hey, you, uh, let me tell you something, you low life. Then I like to know I have it. Not to kill, no. just a maim. Hello and welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am back with Michael. Hello, Mike. How is life? It's pretty good. 
we just got back from watching Uncle Buck from 1989, directed by John Hughes. Yeah. Starring John Candy. Candy. The objectively better John of the two. <laughs> uh, rest in pepperoni is John Candy. Yes, cannot disagree. Objectively better. So I have a lot of thoughts on this movie, and I'm not really sure where I come down on it, because I mm-hmm. think... I'll put it, I'll put this out there. John Candy was really good in this role. Mm-hmm. But boy, a lot of things about this movie infuriated me. <laughs> and it might have just been the fact that, you know, oh man, the girl who was kind of like the whole point of the oh, movie, yeah. like, ah, oh, they've she's gonna be the antagonist the whole time, and mm-hmm. then she comes around at the end. Boy, she was a bitch, wasn't she? <laughs> she was, and I felt up to a certain point her character arc made sense she's a rebellious teenager because her mom and also dad don't pay any attention to her so she sort of kind of starts to bond with uncle buck at like the very end of it realistically i guess this whole movie is just is just showcasing like the failure in parentage yes essentially because it's like all right well she's obviously like this rebellious teen who's going Mm -hmm. out and she's you know getting some from whatever the heck his name bug. was it was bug. bug yeah that's right bug <laughs> so he's gonna splat you like a bug yeah and then the other two little kids which macaulay culkin actually pretty good in this yeah and then the other the little girl who was in this too they were both honestly mm-hmm. they were both great they worked yeah. so well with john candy <laughs> yeah but like her her character who is the main pivotal character of the whole thing mm-hmm. just was like okay she's awful mm-hmm. i hate her yes and then it's like ah okay so she's got some like issues mm-hmm okay, I might start seeing my way to, oh, no, she's done these bad things to John Candy, who I love? No. No, you're the worst. And then at the end, you're like, oh, okay, I guess he's he's a good guy because she's clearly the worst. And he still went out of her out of his way to help her out. Yes, he did. Because he's John Candy, and he's good dad. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uncle. Uncle. He's good uncle. He's a good uncle. <laughs> so well, what did you what did you like and not like about this? One of the things I liked the least was the termination of Teenage Bitch's character arc, which was, oh, mom is home. I'm now hugging mom because I love her again for literally no reason. Uh, I turned to the person I was watching the movie with and said, their parents are still trash people, right? Like they didn't change throughout the course of the movie unless I missed some side story that was the parents calling in to actually care about the kids and interested in their lives now they're still just move the kids away from all their family and friends for their jobs and continue to ignore them yes yeah like no they didn't change at all and i guess that was maybe more of the testament to like john candy and like his Mm -hmm. like because it's like oh she realizes that like yeah they're just trying to do the best for him and like you know Mm -hmm. hey uncle buck helped me see that but like that's still a stretch yeah it's a big stretch (laughs) that's like i would if i were her i'd be like oh i'd be like i hate you i hate Mm -hmm. you my parents i want to go live with uncle buck oh yeah 100 percent. i i think a more realistic and if not more satisfying at least believable ending would have been she walks up to her mom and is like mom I'm willing to work on things more than I love you, mom. Yeah, like the, like the whole like rainbows and yeah, like, and, and kittens and happy ending <laughs> fluffiness. Yeah, no, I I feel like of any of them, she should be the most upset because Uncle Buck is going to leave. Um, her boyfriend, she now realizes, is a slug and is just looking to get some with mm-hmm. anyone. Doesn't matter who it is, and all of her friends probably are confused by her and her weird uncle. I, I don't really know what she gained from any of this, except good times with Uncle Bob. 
Yeah, I mean, realistically, the only thing she gained from it was, one, not being date-raped, and mm-hmm. two, which she kind of vo- avoided anyway. Oh, like, yeah. Because obviously there was that whole switcheroo of like, oh, she's not going to get there in time. Oh, no. <laughs> if the pennies don't fit, you must have quit. That was weird to watch, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was just Ugh. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then, like, it, and then ostensibly the movie ended, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, they drove away, and then, like, they've got the boyfriend in the trunk, <laughs> and they started shooting golf balls at him. Like, that was just a whole <laughs> weird sequence of, I'm here for it, but, like, boy, you've ended the movie already. So, hear me out. This movie uncle buck and the rebellious girl did a far better job and actually what i wanted out of so i think i married an axe murderer this was a better version of that movie mike myers should have been replaced with john candy which i, I think was brought up but you I actually remember. did bring that up yes, and i 100 so after watching this i'm like yeah i see i see what you're doing here and i agree with yes it, <laughs> it really was kind of like that whole because uncle buck kind of was like, literally, at points, he joked about being an axe murderer. Oh, he yeah. pulled a hatchet out of his car <laughs> to basically, like, you know, threaten Bug. Oh, yeah. Which was... I think that scene was maybe one of my favorites, 100%. where he's just like, oh, I'm... Oh, guess what? I'm gonna lean into the crazy uncle thing. You could, you're blackmailing me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Which... I think was maybe one of my problems at first where it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel natural, mm-hmm. but I think John Candy really, cause like he's not paternal, right? Cause there's a whole subplot of him being like non-committal. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to commit to this relationship that he has with ostensibly, you know, a pretty chill woman who's yeah. willing to like, I'm going to give you a job <laughs> at my company cause I like you mm-hmm. again, proving that John, again, my suspension of disbelief to bring it back to, <laughs> So I married an axe murderer. Yes, I believe John Candy could get that. <laughs> Mike Myers could not. But it's like even yeah. he was like like with the crazy lady who like came in and was like clearly one of the like idle rich. Yeah. Who lived in the neighborhood was like, ooh, a big strong man, John Candy, what a hunk. Like I would believe that sooner oh, than yeah. anything, any romance Mike Mike Myers ever had. <laughs> One hundred percent. Oh my gosh, she that divorced lady would have walked in on Mike Myers and gone, "Oh, I think I have the wrong neighborhood," and just walked right out. She wouldn't have been in the rest of the movie. That would have been over. Yeah, I. Which is funny because for a while there, I was actually kind of standing her character. I'm like, John Candy, you don't actually need this other woman that you've like been in a relationship with. This woman is fun. She's got a mm-hmm. lot of money. She can be your sugar mama. Like, John Candy, you're oh, too yeah. good for all of these people. Go with her and be treated right. <laughs> I I would agree with you, but I think if we're going for a long plot thing, uh, he does need the other lady whose name I can't remember because she grounds him as a person. Yes, um, which I agree. At the mm-hmm. end of the movie, I could see, yes, oh, that, yeah. that makes sense. That, that whole relationship was well-defined mm-hmm. yes. by the end. But, like... <laughs> The whole, like, first three quarters of the movie was just, (laughs) some of it was painful, some of it was slow, and it was like, I guess to take it back to my point Mm -hmm. was, I didn't really believe John Candy as, like, this good parental figure, Mm -hmm. and I think it was so jarring, and I think what I realized was, like, no, John Candy was actually memeing (laughs) the whole time. Hear me out, because he doesn't know, like, what Mm -hmm. being a good parent is, right? Yes. But he knows, like, the tropes. Like, you could mm-hmm. tell, you could see in his, mm-hmm. how he was acting, like, oh, they think I'm the crazy uncle? Mm-hmm. I'm going to lean into that. But yeah. I'm going to do it so that, like, because I have to be responsible. I don't know how to be responsible. I'm st- I'm just a big kid. <laughs> but I'm going to lean into the crazy yeah. uncle thing and make them kind of behave in, a, like, a yeah. sense. 
So I think he really just memed himself into being a good parent, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I think it's jarring if you don't look at it that way, because mm-hmm. otherwise it just does. It feels like did really? How did he know to like do all this stuff? I guess. I mean, I guess yeah. he was a kid at one point and he remembered his parents, but mm-hmm. I I don't know it. I think the first moment where I really just kind of laughed and I was like, okay, this, I've kind of been drawn back in Mm -hmm. was the first scene between Uncle Buck, uh, John Candy and Macaulay Culkin Mm. where he's like interviewing him at the table (laughs) and they just, this rapid fire question Mm. back and forth. (laughs) That was honestly choice. 100%. I love that part. I'm like, oh, okay. I think I understand this movie now and I can watch the rest of it. Um, But it, so to maybe, I guess, stay on topic, but also sort of shift gears a bit. We've been comparing this to So I Married an Axe Murderer, and I think that is an incredibly fair point because watching this movie, I realized I think babysitting movies might be rom-coms because you have characters thrown together, usually for ridiculous reasons. Sometimes it's just, well, I'm the babysitter. They don't get along with each other. Shenanigans ensue at the end of the movie. They're in love or in parental child relationship type situations where they, you know, it's not love because you can't be a rom-com. We're in love. We're getting married at the end of it. But it's got that same sort of uh, chemistry between the two where we get along now and we have accepted differences and all that kind of jazz because i'm i'm gonna be real i almost mm-hmm. forgot we talked about that in the oh first yeah half a little bit <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you brought that back up because yeah you you might be right they are just a they're a slight deviation of the rom-com genre mm-hmm. although i feel like now i can't name a lot of them but i think mm-hmm. the other one that comes really comes to my mind that I've seen before is uh, like Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm, mm-hmm. Like that one, like, but you've got, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from now mm-hmm. seeing, like keeping that one in mind and seeing um, this one, it really does kind of, you know, I see the parallels that you're mm-hmm. making there. Uh, I think you are probably onto something. Mm-hmm. I need to see more, honestly, probably both genres of yeah. movie really. Cause I, I'm not, again, I'm not a rom-com guy. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen that many. I'm probably going to watch a bunch more for this podcast. I know I have a bunch on my list. <laughs> I'm very sorry. <sighs> I, I, yeah, I got to be honest. I like rom-coms. I, I will I will go for rom-coms. Some, most of them, actually, all of them are probably bad in their own right. But they're fun. I think the problem with this is I need to watch these movies with someone. Mm-hmm. So unlike So I Married an Axe Murder. So I mm-hmm. didn't watch that one with anyone. I watched right. it by myself because of scheduling issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I just, I got to watch this movie. Yeah. But uncle buck i did watch it with okay. someone and it made it a little bit more tolerable at least for my taste so mm-hmm. i think that might have actually colored this a bit now don't get me wrong this movie was far superior even if i would have watched it myself mm-hmm. than so i married an axe murderer but to be fair i think it helped that someone was with me mm-hmm. because really i could kind of take the cues from them like we had mentioned in the uh so i married an axe murder episode like you've got that laugh track yeah. <laughs> that you have. Like, it's telling you when to laugh. Yes. Even if you don't think something's funny, mm-hmm. someone else is enjoying it and you're having a fun time because they're enjoying it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, or you could be enjoying something because the other person is in pain and you think it's <laughs> funny because you enjoy pe- other people being in pain. Uh, Entre uh, Alucarda, watching someone else watch that, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> What we should really do is we should just get a big watch party of like all of the worst episodes, <laughs> like the worst movies from this podcast. Oh, God. And just make other people watch them with us. And then, like, all right, 
all right, here, let's watch this movie. Why? <laughs> just just trust us. And then we're just sitting there. At the end of the movie, they're all just sitting there disgusted. Why'd you make us watch this movie? And we're just sitting there laughing our asses off. It's like, this is the reason. This, this is exactly the reason. I think part of my problem is I haven't seen enough babysitting movies to really make like a firm comment on this. Like The last one I watched prior to Uncle Buck was, I think, Adventures in Babysitting on TV mm. 30 years ago, oh. which is longer ago than i've been alive to kind of give you an idea of how long ago that was and i don't think it really meets the parameters i've set forth I, so it's well and i mentioned mrs doubtfire mm-hmm. or miss doubtfire mrs. mrs i think it's mrs is it mrs yeah yeah well because they wouldn't hire an unwed woman to watch their children <laughs> that's scandalous not in that day and age not in the 19 <laughs> not in my good christian 1990s <laughs> um was that it was it was early 90s right yeah i feel like that's when the heyday of babysitting movies was though because this was 89 Mm -hmm. and then you had mrs doubtfire you had i guess kindergarten cop Mm -hmm. i think there was another wasn't there another arnold schwarzenegger movie where he babysits people um i guess jingle all the way kind of (laughs) i was gonna say terminate you know two terminator two technically (laughs) terminator two is a babysitter movie (laughs) dude you know what's funny and just completely off the uh, uh, adjacent here, okay? Babysitter movies I'm okay with, especially like the Terminator 2 versions and styles. But uh, uh, what are they called? Um, babysitter missions and video games oh, absolutely blow. Escort missions? Escort missions, thank you. Yeah, um, where it's like you, you have to, oh, you didn't die, but the person you were trying to guard dies because... Yes. But it's always, it's inevitably because, it's not because you did something bad. It's Mm -hmm. because the AI for that particular NPC that you have to guard is Mm -hmm. so annoyingly dumb. Yes. That it just, it's, I'm going to wander here into all these men. Oh, hi, men that have guns that want to kill me. And then you're just like, I can't kill them fast Mm -hmm. enough. I cannot protect you, you dumb piece of garbage. Anyone who doesn't do it like Half-Life 2 and just makes Alex invincible is doing it wrong. That one, I... Oh, man. It's been so long since I played that game. But, man, I remember that one being... It's the worst part of the game. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Back on track, babysitting movies are rom-coms. I think that's kind of period and point. That's that's all I really had on that. I think so. So, I mean, would you count Terminator 2 as a rom-com then? Um, Or is it hmm. it just different enough? Uh, I would say it's just different enough because it's also a sequel. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I I guess technically Terminator 1 is actually more of a babysitter movie because John Connor has Uh, to come back and babysit uh, his mother. He has sex with her to produce the child that saves them. Yes? Yes. So wait, hold on. It's been so long since I've seen that. I've seen because Terminator Two is honestly it's one of the greatest action movies ever made. Mm -hmm. But like Terminator One, way worse. Not even like honestly. I haven't seen Terminator Two. Between Terminator One and Two, forget Terminator One even exists and just watch Two. (laughs) Frankly, don't watch any of the other Terminators. Just watch Two. That's the only one that matters because it's got a liquid metal Terminator and that is cool as hell. But isn't it? So, no, okay, it's not, because he has to come back and protect her. Mm-hmm. He's actually, for some reason, I thought it, he was John Connor, and he sleeps with his mom, but he doesn't. It's someone else mm-hmm. who then, mm-hmm. oh, he realizes, oh, no, I've slept with her. I'm John Connor's dad. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. I'm I'm a hero. Yes, and I've died. 
and I oh. die. Um, <laughs> though that movie is honestly, it's a babysitter movie it because is. it's literally him coming back and preemptively babysitting. He's also implanting the baby, but that's beside yes. the point. I so I think that one falls into the uh, category of horny babysitter movies, which I believe are their own genre. Where those are horror films. Are, yes, and Terminator <laughs> One arguably could be considered a, a horror, horror film. film. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's got a, it's got an invincible killer mm-hmm. that cannot be stopped, and at yeah. the very end, like final girl, the final girl. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Terminator was a horror movie this whole time, and horror movies are just <laughs> horny babysitter films. <laughs> What have um, we done? Have you seen Halloween yet? As of the posting of this episode, yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I follow. Yes. I, I, th- I think I follow this chronology, this anachronology, and this anachronistic timeline thing that we've got going on with these episodes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think I follow. Yes. Oof. <clears throat> so, yes. So, somewhere in the future, but also in the past, I will have seen Halloween. Yes. Okay. Whew. This movie was funny. <laughs> <laughs> it had its moments honestly mm-hmm. once once you really started getting like ah once it got rolling i think honestly it really took for me that scene with macaulay culkin and john candy but then mm-hmm. also once you got it rolling probably about halfway through the movie where i'm like mm-hmm. i like this i like john candy's character mm-hmm. i really dig him he's great because mm-hmm. it was never in doubt that john candy was going to be bad yeah it was just this isn't the style of movie I generally like, mm-hmm. and I was kind of wary about the John Hughes thing. I think John Hughes did a decently passable job mm-hmm. as far as like it wasn't Sixteen Candles, <laughs> yeah. Thank thank goodness. Um, I mean, but it wasn't like any of the other uh, that we mentioned in the first half. Any of the other movies that I actually ended up liking that he wrote or mm-hmm. directed. So it was kind of somewhere in between, where it was kind of like that cringy, mm-hmm. cringy yeah. There were comedy. definitely cringe parts. It was a lot of cringe, especially at the beginning. But again, once you got rolling, I think mm-hmm. it was solid yeah i will forgive rebellious teenage girl because she has to play the character that she is which is obnoxious rebellious teenage girl which i don't think anyone in the history of ever has liked that character because you're not supposed to right am i wrong in saying that no i think well i i'm again another movie that i've never seen but i think in the breakfast club they like right i think oh. that like rebellious teenage characters that's all of them and yeah. you're supposed to like them like that whole like genre yeah. of teenage films you're supposed to empathize teenage with angsty, coming of age i think this movie was supposed to actually be and i guess i'll throw this out there because mm-hmm. this movie didn't feel like it was it wasn't like a teenager mm-hmm. focused movie right it wasn't Correct. like this movie is aimed at teenagers, but it mm-hmm. felt like it could be aimed at teenagers, and younger kids, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really all aimed at a, it, it was also more aimed at adults too. So mm-hmm. it was somewhere in between like <laughs> yes. of the time, usually you had like, ah, we've got like this party movie with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of teens and they're doing teen stuff like mm-hmm. a Ferris Bueller's day off. Yeah. That's a, that's a movie that is designed to be, to empathize with younger mm-hmm. people. Right. Yeah. But then you have other movies where. You know, you are meant to empathize with the older characters because mm-hmm. you're older and you see these kids, they're just, they're, <laughs> these are awful kids and this guy is trying to like do his best, yada, yada, yada. I empathize, mm-hmm. empathize with John Candy. This movie did, it was somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's maybe more of an odd duck than anything else because it just, I'm trying to, again, that whole era is fuzzy for me, but I, <laughs> I get the impression that you're mm-hmm. really supposed to up until a certain point, you're supposed to either empathize with the kids or empathize with mm-hmm. John Candy. But this mm-hmm. movie, you're like, no, you felt bad for like the kids because, hey, 
uh, the what was it the boy or the girl like their their parents were out of town and it was his birthday. Mm-hmm. But so you feel bad for that kid mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I'm empathizing with I'm empathizing with them. But then John Candy, Uncle Buck, makes him like an amazingly good mm-hmm. birthday breakfast with the most giant pancakes you've ever seen. Yeah, that's great. I empathize with that. It's like, oh yeah, you want to do something special mm-hmm. for these kids. I don't know. It just felt like it was. It wasn't. It really wasn't aimed at any demographic, which I feel is weird for the time. Um, Does let, that make sense? Let me throw out uh, some other examples that sort of kind of fall into this. We're empathizing with uh, sort of both sides of the argument. Um, Mary Poppins, where you know Dad's just trying to do his best, but it's not really working for the kids. Mary Poppins comes in. Uh, saves the whole day, makes everything work out in the end. Cool, whatever. Okay. You're kind of empathizing with both sides. Uh, the weakness of this argument, of course, being that dad's not really in it a whole lot. Uh, as far as I remember from the last time I saw it, dad's really not in it a whole... It more focuses on Mary Poppins and her interactions with the kids specifically. It's been a very long time since I've seen Mary Poppins. Mm. So it's... I'm. I don't even remember the dad being in it at all. Yeah, I think they just bring in a um, guy whose name I can't remember with the chin, uh, who's the chimney sweep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that uh, guy. D- uh, uh, blank Van Blank. <laughs> Thank you. Can't say that because we'll get banned. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> we cannot say dick nor dyke. We can say Van, though. We can say Van, at least for the time being. Um, yes, Mr. Van, last name. They're all over Holland, and they keep the water out. I was about to make another joke, but... Okay, I get that reference. I think you get that reference. I don't know how many other people are going to get that reference. Probably two? Two? Uh, I'll say three. three. Probably three. three. Yeah, okay, two or three. Anyway, also Nanny McPhee, which has parental character who... Wife died, just trying to do his best that he can for the kids, but it's really hard to be a single parent. And Nanny McPhee comes in helps the kids out by showing them that, you know, you can't be like this. It's not good for anyone. It's not great for the kids, not good for the parents or parent in this situation. Um, then, of course, Dad marries the the nanny. Um, mm. Not Nanny McPhee, but yeah. the, uh, like, nurse servant girl thing. You know, you might be onto something. That might be the thing that distinguishes that makes babysitting movies their own genre mm-hmm. above rom-coms. Is you're sympathizing with usually both sides of the equation here. Does that make Hook a babysitter movie? That makes... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. So Robin Williams has been in, of what I know, at least two babysitting movies. Yes. Um, I'm trying well, to think I'm, I'm thinking Because, like, Williams honestly, it now. shows... The, the different mm-hmm. sides, because you've got, you have the juxtaposition of Robin Williams at, as the beginning as the mm-hmm. father, who you're like, all right, he's got a high stress job. He's mm-hmm. trying to do the best thing he can, yeah. but like the kids are completely neglected, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they get taken off mm-hmm. and Jack, especially not necessarily Maggie, but Jack gets adopted by Hook. Yeah. Who is Hooks. like, oh, this is the best. This <laughs> is, I've got attention. I've got a father figure. Mm-hmm. But then he realizes that no like this isn't really it's disingenuous yeah and robin williams learns to empathize with his kids by mm-hmm. becoming peter pan the, the, his inner yeah. kid and seeing i've been a horrible dad this whole time mm-hmm. and that's that's not what it is mm-hmm. and then he ends up <sighs> okay yes he ends up there we go babysitting them by <laughs> killing somebody with a giant crocodile <laughs> oh yeah that's how that movie ends i think i blocked that out of my mind because as a child it was terrifying mm-hmm. um, as an adult it was 
terrifying. Also, shit, Rufio died. That's yeah, rest in peace. Rufio. <laughs> Rufio. Dude, just hang on for one damn minute because <laughs> Dustin Hoffman as Hook. Yes. That is, it's one of the best roles that I've, like, and I, I generally like Dustin Hoffman in most things. I'm mm-hmm. not a big just Dustin Hoffman stan, mm-hmm. but, like, man, out of any roles that I can think of, like, that is just he's got the voice he he's got the swagger like i believed him as just captain hook that mm-hmm. like, was so good anyway i yeah that that That's might another also... great babysitting movie yeah. again <laughs> two robin williams babysitting movies what's mm, do i sense a theme going on all right hold on hold on let's throw out more robin williams movies just to see if maybe that's his entire career uh good morning vietnam definitely a babysitting mm. movie patch adams 100 absolutely a babysitter. i've not seen movie. either of these movies so i'm just agreeing with myself at this point i mean patch adams he's a doctor who uses laughter mm-hmm. because laughter mm-hmm. is the okay. best medicine oh yeah 100 it's monsters inc the movie it's been yes it's yeah. been a while since i've seen it i actually i I saw it really young, weirdly mm-hmm. enough, and I feel like it was probably not appropriate for me to have seen well, at that point you know. in time. But, I mean, he's he's babysitting all of those kids, ostensibly. <laughs> um, let's see, what, Aladdin? Mm-hmm. That's pretty... He's babysitting... Yeah. That that one that one kid. Yeah, and there's empathizing on both sides with the street rat who falls into riches and really doesn't know how to handle it, and also the genie, which is Robin Williams, the babysitter. The mm-hmm. parental figure because like the the allegory to the child a child sees their parent their parent as this omniscient creature yes oh which my gosh. it is a direct correlation because aladdin sees literally he sees the genie the genie is an omniscient yes. creature that he kind of in a way controls but mm-hmm. really kind of you know he's there to protect him you know yes. and he's like ah, i have to realize these things and in a babysitter <laughs> movie you know hey the parents are the ultimate authority, but like mm-hmm. there's a rebellion against that, and they mm-hmm. have to reconcile at the end, which they mm-hmm. do in Aladdin. Amazing. Uh, damn, Jumanji is Jumanji, Jumanji a babysitter movie? Ah, uh, that's yes. I think that's I a reverse that babysitter is... movie. Yeah. No, Ooh. no, they switch roles at a certain point because he comes back, mm-hmm. and then he's like weird and feral, and then they all go into the game, and mm-hmm. then he has to protect them. Yes, of. and so, then yes. they don't go on the skiing trip, so the actual parents don't die that's the that's the end of the movie right i it, i think so i think so it's again that's one that's it's just been a long time <laughs> since i've seen it but that sounds Dang. right yes he's so here's here's my follow-up question to all of this are there way more babysitting movies out there with robin williams than we think there are or are we expanding this a little too far my fan theory is yes there are more babysitting movies out there with robin williams I think we we have just I, I agree with you and I, here's the reason why I don't think we're kooky conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. about this right because I already went way far afield and I already cited Terminator One as a babysitter movie <laughs> yes which mm-hmm. is like clearly a tenuous. babysitting movie it is it is but it's on the very tenuous end of that mm-hmm. babysitting thing any we bring that back at all into reality mm-hmm. of Robin Williams doing actual like caring for people mm-hmm. and empathizing and and you you empathizing with both groups of people and then them coming together in the mm-hmm. middle i think that's all robin williams does wow and he killed himself yeah which is depressing but you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> i guess that means just don't be a career babysitter john candy also rest in pieces oh man yeah, yeah except he died i think of a heart attack I, tomato potato 
(laughs) Although it was kind of probably brought on by like, you know, the obesity, which I mean, you could say what you will about that. Like, Mm -hmm. who knows? Anyway, we're getting way (laughs) far afield on this. To be determined at Mm -hmm. a later date, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to add some more babysitter movies, at least to revisit on this list. Yeah. Because I've seen a bunch of those that we've named. Mm -hmm. And man, I feel like it's an endemic thing of like, the 90s, right? <laughs> Is babysitting movies? Babysitting. I'm pretty sure Aladdin came out in the 90s. Early, early I mean, I guess I can even expand it. Like, Is Air Bud a babysitter movie? Uh, I've not seen Air Bud. Mm, it's, a, it's, it's definitely a courtroom drama. Therefore, it is a sports ah, movie. Yes, that's unfortunate. But I think that one maybe straddles the line because mm-hmm. it's like the, the dog is clearly babysitting things. Oh, to throw out the dog movie, uh, Cats vs. Dog. Z- yes uh, dogs yes that's actually what i was thinking of but i go. couldn't remember and then i'm just like all oh, throughout air bud yes anyone who refers to their dog immediately as loser and then calls him lou is clearly having mommy and daddy issues which are resolved through babysitting word uh, catharsis there we yes. go babysitting catharsis no, i mean because the dogs are basically babysitting all of humanity yes in that movie mm-hmm. and cats are bad and jeff goldblum is uh some sort of weird foil creating <laughs> a weird oh my thing gosh, i forgot he was in that yeah movie. he's like he's the dad wow. who's like creating this weird what is it like it, it's some sort of like antihistamine blocker yeah where it will make people not allergic to cats at all no dogs. It won't be allergic oh, oh, no, to no, dogs. No. Yeah, it'll make people. Yeah. yeah, it'll actually make people. Everyone allergic to dogs or something like that, or not allergic to dogs. I think not allergic to dogs because that's why the cats don't want them to make it. So, that's so what the, it is. Yeah, wow. so they want to destroy it. Oof! What a good movie when I was a child, and probably will never go back to watch again. <laughs> I I think that falls in under the purview of I don't need to go back and see that as an adult, right? I watched it not that long ago with my daughter, and it was it was okay. It was, Okay. I think it's worth watching, but not necessarily going out of your way to do so. Mm, okay. It's one of those. Okay. Like, okay, this has nostalgia. Cool. Yeah. I'll sit through it, but I'm not going to go out and want to watch it. Okay. So here's another question about babysitting movies in general. They sometimes appeal to kids, sometimes appeal to adults, sometimes try to like straddle that line. I think this movie maybe sort of kind of straddled that line but went a little more on the edge towards adultiness um and i'm mostly saying that because of the scene where the divorcee first shows up and john candy is clearly implied raping a washing machine by trying to figure out how it works yeah she thinks he's yeah she thinks he's uh he's banging the the like she i think the intimation is is that the the wife the Mm -hmm. mother is home Yes. And she has some sort of plumber over, <laughs> you know, cleaning her pipes, as it were. <clears throat> as you do. Uh, Generic porn intro music here. Exactly. So, in that case, yeah, she thinks, like, it's this whole scene where, like, literally, yeah, he's just making s- sex noises and, <laughs> and, and yes. I guess, sex, saying sex phrases. Mm-hmm. Sex phrases, yes. Sex phrases. Um, rapey sex phrases. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit like that well and also too the kids the kids swear a lot they do which is why i would also gear this one more towards um adulty people this is this is an adult and teen movie well because i think the kids are meant to be because here's the thing like when a teenager is watching a movie they don't really have time for a teenager doesn't want to watch other like doesn't want to watch little kids doing stuff on screen Mm -hmm. right yeah so if you make those little kids 
more grown up, mm-hmm. then it's more tolerable to them. Okay, yeah, I follow. I, I think. Because uh, I've seen that other... I'm trying to think of a movie that does that right now, but I, I can think of some. I get the impression uh, that Super I'm... Super 8, definitely. Yes. That's not geared towards, like, <laughs> 7... What, what are they, 12 no. in that well, movie? I, I guess, yeah, to, to build off of Super 8, the whole entire show, Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. It's not for kids. No, it's not. It's for adults who want to relive their childhood in the 80s. <laughs> uh, I'm a red-blooded American. Thank you very much. <laughs> But yeah, no, Super. That's a, which yeah. actually underrated film. Super Eight mm. was actually, I think, pretty good. I don't think I liked it. The more I think about it, the more I go, I didn't like the Goonies either. Why am I watching it? But now done by Steven Spielberg with aliens. I think it was better because it had aliens in it. Mm. It made it at least weirder. I might have to go back and watch it again to disagree with you full heart, whole yeah, full hearted, wholeheartedly. But for now, it's not one of my favorites. I. And I didn't see it because I was like any kind of like Spielberg stan. I actually mm-hmm. saw, I saw it in theaters actually oh, wow. um, yeah. when it came out because my cousin would take me to the movies every once mm-hmm. in a while and that was one that was out. So we we're like, oh, oh we'll go see yeah. Super 8. Uh, and I remember it, at least on the big screen, it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was good. It, it very much to me, whenever Stranger Things came out, it mm-hmm. felt like, oh, they're just ripping off Super 8. You're not and wrong. to be fair, when I watched, uh, when I watched Stranger Things, I'm like, this is kind of disappointing because it's literally just Super 8. Mm, yeah. However, but, instead of being film nerds, they were they were D&D nerds. Yeah. So like I that, should that's the realistically difference. sympathize with them more, but Yeah, yeah, I guess. Dweeby. I I liked it, but then again, I subject to change. I haven't seen it in mm-hmm. a number of years. That's mm-hmm. the only time I've ever seen it. So, again, maybe just having seen it in the theater, it was mm-hmm. maybe better yeah. than I gave it credit for being. Yeah. Like I said, it's just not like one of my favorite movies. Um, anyway, this one's geared more towards us all. Uh, I feel like every time I lose my train of thought, I just have to go back to the last thing that was said actually related to this movie, which I think was rape. Yeah, that mm, movie's very mm-hmm, rapey. Mm-hmm. Actually, this movie's very rapey, come to think of it. Bug is definitely a rapist. Yeah, Bug is a rapist. The the, the crazy rich neighbor lady mm-hmm. definitely, definitely trying to get definitely it. thinks John Candy's a rapist, mm-hmm. and when she mm-hmm. finds out he is not, she's kind of trying to force herself mm-hmm. on him mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. Unrelated. Okay, at the beginning of the movie, they're going through the whole list of people they want to call before they default to Uncle Buck as the last resort of who's going to watch the kids, okay? Mm -hmm. Finally, break down, call Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck answers the phone, sits up in bed. What's next to him in the bed? I don't know if you saw this, but I paused the movie, rewound, and looked again. I swear, I thought I saw a body in his bed and went, oh, he's actually living with his girlfriend. I didn't expect that because they're, I, I guess... And this what seemed to be a high morals movie almost at the time. I didn't expect him to be living with his girlfriend because they're, it, it feels like they're on the rocks the whole time until the very end. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, yeah. it definitely looks like there's a figure in his bed. Go back and watch just that particular scene and tell me if you think there's something or someone in the bed. Because again, rewound the movie to double check on that. Because then he calls his girlfriend and says, hey, sorry, I won't be at work tomorrow because mm-hmm. I have to go watch the kids, which is another haha funny moment. Because it's like, oh, you think, oh, he's mm-hmm. get, he's gotten into trouble on this yeah. one, even though, like, oh, he's telling the truth. He's trying to be good. Yeah. And then it's like, nope, oh, another excuse from you, Buck. <laughs> yep. 
saw that coming a mile away. A very yeah, good trope. Very good. Um, very very telegraph. Much much mm-hmm. much wow. Anyway, in the alternate universe of this movie, Uncle Buck is a serial killer. My uncle oh. is a serial killer, and that person in the bed was his latest victim that he was necrophiliizing. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Oh ooh. and that's maybe why he has commitment issues because he yes. doesn't he doesn't want to give that up or he doesn't want her to like cuz he actually mm-hmm. loves her mm-hmm. and doesn't want to like hurt her. Mm-hmm. And he's struggling with that like yes. realization. And all of this, you know, hearsay about winning the horse race with this fixed race. He's got another target. He's a contract killer even and he's going to go kill someone. He's going to kill the jockeys. He's going to kill oh He's yes. gonna kill the jockey. He's that's gonna favorite. kill the jockey that's the favorite or lamest is, horse. Are or we something? merging this with another horse racing assassin movie, Lucky Number Eleven? <laughs> is he just Bruce Willis after he oh lets my himself gosh. go? Dude, this is, is he the good cat? Oh my gosh, he's the good cat. <laughs> <laughs> he's the good cat after oh he lets gosh. himself go, and he gives all the business over to Slevin Calevra. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I can see this as the alternate universe. I oh mm-hmm. man, I need to I need to watch that. What, mm-hmm. Did it actually look like a body when you rewound it, or was it like um, it still looked like a person was in the bed? So you know, like I said, I watched this with someone. I think the conclusion we both reached was maybe they were supposed to delete that scene and take a fresh take without a lump in the bed. Because mm. it, you can't tell, it's not something on top of the covers. It's definitely something under the covers. Maybe a body pillow. I don't know if those were, I don't think those were around in the 89, but um, they might have been. But our, our, our mutual theory was maybe she was going to be there with him and it was going to be a funny, honey, I can't make it to work tomorrow because. Ah. Uh, but they instead. It was funnier elected, because, yeah. he, you know, he, yeah. she couldn't be there. If she was there, she would have known it was real. Yeah. Yeah, that makes um, sense. So just I, an editing error, I guess. It could have been a flub, but I actually like your fan theory better of, <laughs> no, he actually is, when he said he keeps mm-hmm. a hatchet in his trunk and he tells mm-hmm. him that he kills people, yes. he's being 100% deadly serious. <laughs> yes, the murderous John Candy we all know and love. Wow. Yeah. That's deep, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was going to ask you, I guess, do you have anything you double feature this with? I was actually thinking about this earlier. I would probably double feature this with the movie's foil, which is just a very depressing movie. That way, when you watch this, I liked this movie and thought it was very funny, but it would be funnier if I watched it right after something depressing. So I would watch like, I don't even I couldn't think of a depressing movie was part of my issue. I've got I've got it. Okay. I know where John Candy's character comes from. Okay. It's not it's not Lucky Number Slevin. He's mm-hmm. not the good cat. Mm-hmm. You remember a, a small movie starring uh, Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell called In Bruges? I've not seen that one, but I've heard it's depressing. It's a very depressing movie oh, about no. a couple of assassins who go to Bruges. <gasps> oh. And Brendan Gleeson, he is not a small man. He's a, a sandy-haired, mm. uh, lovable-faced sort of, you know, ah, he's an older gentleman, not threatening sort mm-hmm. of man. You watch that movie first. Okay. And then after that movie, <laughs> you watch Uncle you watch Buck. That. Now, I, the caveat being is that I don't want to spoil it for you since you haven't mm-hmm. seen it. You have to take a lot of liberties mm. with how the characters end up. 
I'll just I'll just throw that out there. I imagine with the plot movies. of the movie as it is, somebody has to die. Or you could have one. It doesn't matter yeah. which one comes first. <laughs> the chronology's up to you. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. those are the same two characters at different points in their life. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And 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 they're both the the axe murderers. So Bruges is just a depressing black comedy <laughs> okay. versus a sort of like whimsical comedy that yeah. has like this little maybe edge of like something darker happening. Yeah, I'm behind that. So I, I would say in cool. Bruges. Is where I would throw that down, but I like the I like the whole like really dark, sort of like something depressing pick. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, that's where I ended up. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, before we move on and rate this, mm-hmm. uh, you actually before I, I mm-hmm. meant to say this earlier, you gave this a tentative three out of five snake pliskins. Mm-hmm. I gave this a tentative three point five mm-hmm. out of five snake pliskins. Weirdly enough. Yeah. <laughs> where did you end up? On that, unless you have, do you have anything else you want to add to the whole Uncle Buck thing? Um, I guess the only Any other points? thing I want to point out is I think one of the guys in the bowling alley was either inspired by or the inspiration for, because I think the Jesus. Big yes, thank you. Because think, that was I, another yeah. rapist. Yes. Another rapist in this movie. <laughs> yes. That was actually literally when that happened. I was like, I is just leaned over guy? to the person who I was like watching this with and I'm like, fucking 12 year olds dude. yeah thank you oh my gosh <laughs> but you're right it was mm-hmm. it was it was the jesus yeah okay i'm glad i'm not the only one who thought that like, okay yes. all right no i'm ready to rate unless you had anything no, you i'm good to... okay go, go ahead um i definitely came up uh it was better than a three uh not an outstandingly fantastic movie but i would not mind watching it again uh there were parts that i really liked um i, I give it a solid 3.7 Three point seven. Yeah. All right, cool. So, I, I think, I think a three point five ultimately is where I come down on this one. Mm-hmm. I wanted to give it more because of John Candy, and mm-hmm. I think his performance was just the, the 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 moments when he's shown, like the bits where he's leaning into being the crazy uncle, the bits mm-hmm. with him and Macaulay Culkin or him and the little girl, like yeah. especially where it was like that that montage of them like. Like, uh, he's sleeping in the bed with her. He's like, no, you don't want this. I snore. Yeah. And then he's like, he's shown there. And then he's like on the ground and yeah. they both come and like lay next to him on the, on the ground. That was great. It was endearing. Mm-hmm. It was funny. He was the perfect role for this. Mm-hmm. I was infuriated for the vast majority of this movie, not only at the parents, but at mm. the teen. Yes. Cause I'm like, you bitch. I use much stronger language than that. I, it's like, uh, Mr. Van Blank. Uh, yes, yes. but anyway, I, I was, I was so mad at her. And then also like the beginning was so cringy and I'm like, "Mm, it's just struggling to get through it. I think 3.5 is ultimately where I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll come down with it. I think if John Candy had not elevated this movie Mm -hmm. to the way it was, I think this probably would have been like this, like if it was anybody else, which we, we mentioned, Mm -hmm. there were so many people who this might've been Mm -hmm. like even Tom Cruise or Val Kilmer or something like that. Like (laughs) I think John Candy just did mm-hmm. this perfectly mm-hmm. i think a 3.5 is where i'm going to end up mm-hmm. although speaking of that the one other question is out of all those people that we mentioned could we see anyone else doing this movie that's so hard um especially like if you had asked me the day after this came out and i saw it in theaters on release date i might have gone well yeah i could see john goodman having been you know his character but john candy's dead it's really hard to replace him anything because he's now just mm-hmm. rest in peace it's looking at someone when they've passed away is a bit different than looking at them when they're still alive and could have been replaced by someone 
Except Robin Williams. Except Robin Williams. Yeah, he can be replaced by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except Will Smith. Hook. I don't think he could. Will Smith? As John Candy's role? Or no, 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 no. Will Robin Smith Williams. as Robin Williams. Because um, he did in that one movie. Oh. The, the, the Aladdins. Yeah. He, he did. He did. I heard that movie sucked, though. I didn't see oh, it. No. Guy Ritchie directed it, which... That's very sad. You need money. Everybody needs money. Guy, right? here, here's another thing. <laughs> Guy Ritchie, I don't want to add you to my list of arch enemies, arch, yeah. but if you don't stop being a money whore, Guy Ritchie, like, I get, I get, like, at a certain mm-hmm. point, it's admirable mm-hmm. that you are sticking to this so well, <laughs> but make the rock and roll a two. Please, for the love of. Before... Before, like, all of those other... Before Idris Elba is, like, 80 years old and dies, <laughs> all right? Just, just please, for the love yes. of God, do it. Amen. Um, if you don't, within the next, like, five years... I'll give you a time frame. Five years, Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie, mm-hmm. and then you are added to my <laughs> black book of lists of podcast uh I will put enemies. enmity between you and the Guy Ritchie. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's... Yeah, I... I don't know. I don't think that there's really mm-hmm. a lot of other people. I think, yeah, John Goodman, honestly, mm-hmm. would have been about as close as I could figure, yeah. but even he still wouldn't have captured, I think, that, like... No. Because John Goodman is the, like, the TV dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. so you would... Like, John Candy's not necessarily, like, ever <laughs> been a TV dad. I Correct, think you needed yes. someone who was not mm-hmm. seen as parental for this to kind of work. Mm-hmm. Which is why maybe, maybe even, like, Keaton or, like... Oh... Or Val Kilmer oh. would have worked too because it's like energy on those would have been so different. It would have been so different yeah. though. It would have been a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think you could have changed yeah. the actor, but I think it would have been interesting mm-hmm. just to see like who could have. Mm-hmm. Just take like some, you know, I what would be iconic scenes from this movie and replace them with actor XYZ. You could do that nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you could deep fake it. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone's out there who's like good at that, put someone <laughs> else like in there. Put John Travolta. Oh heck from yeah. Pulp Fiction in this role. <laughs> See, that one would have been the one that I think that one would have been the weirdest. Oh yeah. But might have been the best. <laughs> Just John Travolta wandering like that scene where he's like the gif where he's wandering around like mm, from Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yes it's that particular <laughs> character but babysitting kids yes 100 percent. again I'm, I'm another assassin oh yes oh. oh maybe we are onto something maybe you were onto something oh gosh all right <laughs> cool do you have anything else to say about uncle buck uh no i definitely am not disappointed i watched this movie i'm actually kind of happy i'm not disappointed yeah. i watched it either i i, I could have watched something else but mm-hmm. i didn't but i'm again i'm not disappointed that i did yeah So, cool. Well, with that said, we will see you in the next one. Peace. And I wonder if it really was. I think it was always was show business. I think they were pretending to be factories, and it was still show business. I heard myself speaking these terrible corny lines, and there I was stuck with $350,000 worth of show, and I had to get on somehow. Plus, at the time, oh, they were real jerks. Plus, plus, at the time, really pieces of work plus plus at the time did you see armageddon i assure you that i would rather have been shot plus plus at the time did you see armageddon i assure you that i would rather have been shot i really did because he was a monster but they all were or almost all of them guys he came on as a monster you know he snarled at you, you know, rah, rah, rah.
plus at the time. He was a monster. Plus, plus at the time. I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast or contact us at MWNS Podcast at ProtonMail.com. All music used in this episode is produced by Young Carts and used with license. <laughs>